You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money, sponsored by Brenthurst Wealth. And this week I'm speaking to Renee Egar from Brenthurst Wealth in the Western Cape. And with the budget looming, we're really going to have to not tighten our belts, but certainly be nimble when it comes to our finances. And so Renee has come up with five tips for better investing, and she's on the line now. Renee, I suppose every year we have to adjust our finances because things don't exactly get a lot better, and we do have to make uh, very important decisions. This year, probably even more. So. Yes, Lindsay. Thanks for having me on your show again. Pleasure. But yeah, heading towards the, the tax year end and the budget speech, which is actually taking place tomorrow, I don't think anybody needs to expect solutions. Um, I think it's just going to be another exercise to rebalance Treasury's books, so to speak. And effectively, our Minister of Finance priority, I think, will be to find more ways of cutting expenditure and squeezing more out of the taxpayer base than actually, you know, talking about improving our country, um, how, you know, growth, uh, uh, talking about how they're going to grow things, a little bit more direction from governments. So it's probably not going to be anything riveting, but I think it's going to be, you know, there's talk of an increase in VAT, um, they're going to they're gonna squeeze wherever they can. I'm not sure if they're going to actually change the tax rate on the higher-end taxpayers. But, you know, the bottom line is unemployment it was at its highest level in quarter three of last year at about 29%. That's the published figures. I'm sure it's, it's far worse. Um, around 18 million people at this stage are beneficiaries of the state. And I think, you know, the top tax tax bracket people are just immigrating by the the dozens. I mean, um, in 2017, the stats were that about 7,500 earning, I mean, individuals that earn more than 5 million rand a year now pay tax has shrunk to about 6,500 at the end of 2018. And I mean, with all the people that have immigrated recently, I just cannot imagine, you know, how, how our tax base has actually shrunk over the over the past year. So yeah. What we've essentially got here is we've got less money coming in and we need to spend more money or we need more we, – we have to service more uh, entities, whether it be an unemployed person, whether it be a state-owned enterprise. It's a very, very difficult juggling act that Mr. Umbuweni has. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is we, we're approaching – well, I think we've gone over um, a debt-to-GDP ratio of 60% now. And – the imminent downgrade doesn't doesn't help us either because that means that foreign investors, you know, can't invest in our subgrade investment bonds. And, you know, until there's some confidence gained, I don't think it's going to change. So, you know, basically I thought today I would just discuss sort of five investment tips on how people can take advantage of their financial well-being and especially, you know, we, we're heading for more difficult times. I don't, I don't think it's it's going to be a an easy thing to turn around. So I thought I'd maybe just discuss that today. Okay, number one now, Renee, tax-free investments, or rather tax concessions. And the first one is a tax-free investment saving. And we've spoken about this before, but it's terribly important. And it's something that was introduced, I think, two years ago. But uh, you, can, uh, you can correct me. But anyway, it's a great product. Yeah, so the bottom line is that a person can invest 33,000 rand per year into a 
tax-free savings vehicle and maximum 500,000 rand in their lifetime. And it was created by government to incentivize people to to save more. And, you know, I think in that, they're also trying to get lower income earners to to save. And also, I would, I would imagine that they're trying to close the retirement, um, you know, the retirement gap where we are funding, we as a state are funding so many people. So, you know, a lot of people think of a tax-free savings account and then they think, oh, yeah, no, it's it's linked to money markets and to my bank. But that's not the case. Um, you can get a, a tax-free savings account with most of the institutions and they can be linked to unit trusts, to offshore funds, to ETFs, all sorts of things. So, you know, just just everybody, I think, should, as a start, even if you're young or old, have one of these tax-free savings accounts. Um, and then another tax concession that you could look at is a retirement annuity. Now, if you um, if you contribute to a retirement annuity, um, I, I did some calculations last night, but if you are on the highest end of the tax bracket and you contribute 350,000 rand to an RA per annum, yes. you could probably save about – you could probably get about 45% of that money back, of that 350,000 rand back in taxes. Mm. So it makes, you know, it makes no sense whatsoever. It makes complete sense to actually contribute to an RA so that you can get the tax relief, if nothing else. And I know they are governed by Regulation 28, but, you know, there are ways of making those those um, pensionable portfolios perform better. Um, if you you maximise the offshore portfolio and you use you know cash and bond funds, so you just need someone to manage it better for you. But I think if you calculate the tax saving into the yield, it's actually still a still a good investment and a viable option, especially for your higher income earners. Certainly, when you hear that 45% number that you just quoted, sounds like a very compelling argument and product to me. What about this one? Changing your strategy to follow last year's best performer. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I want to give you, you know, at the end of every year, we get a, a diagram sort of, of of what every asset class has performed, whether it be cash, bonds, properties, equities, and global equities. And... We took an example from 12 years ago, okay, and we we plotted 100,000 rand onto onto a portfolio. And if we had chased the best performer in every single year, in other words, gone for bonds when it was doing well, cash when it was doing well, global equities, instead of having a balanced portfolio, you would – in the balanced portfolio, you would have would have had two hundred and seventy two thousand versus one hundred and forty six thousand. So that's like a live example of how if you chase the best performance portfolio or the sector of the previous year, you can actually land up losing a lot as if you're just stuck with your investment strategy and had a balance of you know, everything in one portfolio. So quite an interesting example. Um, you know, it, it, it just goes back to people, you know, not reacting emotionally to the media, media, not taking it through to their portfolios. So in other words, 
you know, bad news always sells newspapers. And if we can avoid taking emotion into our portfolios and just looking at the best sectors for the year and trying to follow that, you can actually do more harm to your portfolio than to just stick it out and try and avoid the noise. Yeah, it's quite funny actually, Renee. When I put out a tweet that's uh, got some bad news in it, but it's, it's, it's not it's not a nasty tweet. It just says, "Well, this happened, that happened, that happened. What's going on here?" Uh, I get more retweets and likes and things like that than I do when I say something like, "Isn't it a lovely day today? It's a sunny day, and I hope everyone has a good investment uh, uh, portfolio on the JSC." I get nothing. People love a bit of bad news. Totally, and I think as South Africans, we kind of. We're so used to it that we actually react. We actually react to it, and the, and the good things, you know, we kind of we kind of let slide. But um, yeah, and I think you know, just I've been seeing quite a few clients lately, and you know, they come to us and they don't know. They have no knowledge or understanding to manage their portfolios, but they they in these funds where they don't know what kind of fees they're playing. They don't know how the portfolio has done. They don't know what they invested in. They have no diversification. And, you know, all I want to say to people is to to make a conscious effort to know where you're investing. You know, what fees you're paying and what return you're, what return you've had on those portfolios. I mean, even one to two percent difference in a in a proper you know, tracked portfolio can make such a big difference over the long term. And, you know, even if it's like a a rental property, people come to me all the time and they say, Renee, you know, I've got like a portfolio of rental properties and, you know, they compare them with the investments. But the thing is they are comparing just, they sort of say, well, I've got four and a half million rand investments and I'm getting a 33,000 rand um, a month rental and I'm happy with that. But, if you go and work out that percentage after costs and levies and rates and taxes and everything, that person is not even outperforming inflation with their rental property. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just trying to create awareness for people to actually make um, better decisions and actually sit down, you know, have like a personal financial well-being day and actually sit down and understand the investments and track what what they're doing, whether it's property or investments or old RAs that they haven't looked at for months and or years. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I just feel that people just let things slide and then all of a sudden comes retirement and then, you know, then there's a bit of a panic. So This is where you come in, Renee, of course. I mean, you can't tell somebody to sit down on their day off or when they could be doing something else on the golf course or, I don't know, going to see the grandchildren, whatever it is. That you mm. have to encourage mm. them and sit down with them for a couple of hours and say, this is your portfolio, this is what we are doing, this is what we should be doing, etc. So I suppose that's where, that's where you earn your fees. Absolutely. And you see, the, things, the people that come to us generally don't have um, managed portfolios or they had an advisor that sold them an RA 40 years ago. They've never heard from him again. They know that they contribute to this portfolio, but they don't know what it's doing. So, you know, obviously, as the clients of Brentish, you will get that service. You will understand what you are invested in. Um, our proposals will be in as plain language as possible so we can explain it to you. You know, we we are there to track and to manage and to inform you. But, you know, this is more for the investor that hasn't gone 
hasn't taken an interest in their in their financial well-being and you know rather now than when it's too late um you know we can we can help as much as we can but people just need to have an awareness that it you know they also need to take responsibility for their own financial circumstances, if that makes sense. Yes, it does make a lot of sense. Now, uh, offshore exposure, we've done the don't react emotionally to the media tip. The other one Mm. that we haven't spoken about in detail anyway is offshore exposure. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you look what happened offshore yesterday because the Dow Jones fell a thousand points. But if you look at it, it was only three and a half percent. And you come back to South Africa, the JSC fell well over four percent. Even on a bad day, we underperform. And on a good day, we probably don't outperform if I'm putting it succinctly enough. But anyway, it's all to do with diversification. Yeah, totally, Lindsay. You know, as an SA investor, um, I think, you know, it's, it is ignorant to think that, that going forward we can beat, beat inflation um, and all that growth is going to come from South African stocks. You know, the bottom line is um, South, African, South Africa's uh, market makes up less than 1% of world GDP. So, you know, it's it, that's just an ignorant thing to think that we can get our 10, 11, 12 percent or whatever it may be just from the South African market alone, especially in, you know, in the circumstances that we're in with low growth and everything deteriorating so fast. And, you know, it's just it, it's the global it's the global earnings that actually pushed values up at the end of last year. So, you know, it's kind of it's a kind of a thing that any portfolio, whether it's pensionable or discretionary, should have exposure either directly to offshore funds or via what we call asset swap funds, which are basically, you know, rand denominated funds that feed into offshore funds, but at least you've got that exposure. Yes. And I think, you know, if you look at the RAND over the last 10 years, the RAND alone has deteriorated by 7.5% per annum. If you look at 20 years, it's deteriorated by about 4% per annum. So you couple those kind of deteriorating figures and you add it to, let's call it 5 or 6%, you know, depending on the portfolio, global growth, and there you've got your double-digit returns. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case going forward, but if you can't find growth um, in SA, then you've got to look elsewhere for it. So your portfolio has to be diverse from a geographical point of view, from a sector point of view, from a fund manager point of view. You know, I just, yeah, I can't stress enough how diverse a portfolio needs to be, especially in the world that we're in at the moment. You're going to be so busy after tomorrow afternoon's speech, uh, <laughs> Renee. So, so very good yeah. luck with that. And thanks very much for the fantastic tips. As always, that's Renee Egar, who is from Brentos Wealth in the Western Cape. And that was It's My Money. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.